Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burdens of motherhood. I'm Emily. I'm Beth, and we're your hosts. We hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms blog production. Episode 8, The Vagina Confessions. Welcome to Mom Fashions, the podcast where we talk about all the down and dirty realities of motherhood. I'm going to give you a little forewarning, Mama. Today we will be talking about reproductive body parts. We promise to be fairly family-friendly, but if you have little ears or if you're listening on speaker or if maybe you're parents are in town and you don't really want them overhearing this, then this is your time to turn us off, save us for later, and come back. Otherwise, for all the rest of you who are still here, we are talking about gynecological, gynecological, gynology? Mm, We're talking about our lady parts, y'all. We're talking about vaginas today, ladies. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. So as you may have figured out by now, Emily and I are girl moms. We -hmm. like to bring in boy moms to talk to us because we need that. But today... It's all girls. It's all girls. All girls. I've got two girls. I've got three. We talk a lot about vaginas in my house. Yes. A lot. The reason that we need to talk about this is every woman has some kind of story mm-hmm. behind her relationship with her vagina. I'm not sure how to word that, yeah. but we all have we all have a history in this. Yeah. And a journey. Yes, it's health related. It's related to how we understand ourselves. And honestly, even across the world, mm-hmm. even historically, women's bodies have been just kind of a yeah. a mystery. It's a loaded topic. It's for a sure. loaded topic. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, they get painted into flowers that <laughs> we're all wondering if that's what it meant. Right, you know? right, yeah. They get abused, they're misunderstood. A lot of us just really don't even understand our own bodies. Yeah. How is it different from what you thought it was going to be? Like whenever, you know, you get your period, you go on into your teens and then your early 20s and that's kind of like like your kind of your relationship and your journey starts with all your reproductive organs, like you know your ovaries and everything that goes with it. So, how is it different now as a woman <clears throat> of a certain age? We won't reveal ages. <laughs> yes, please. Like, okay. So, how is it different from what you thought? I think my understanding has evolved. I grew up in a very a naive place as far yeah. as understanding um, that part of my body. So would you say it was like because it just wasn't talked about? Well, and yeah, I think it just it wasn't really talked about. And that's not anything against, you know, my mom and how she raised me. But just it just wasn't something we talked about. And I think that that's kind of a societal thing um, that private parts are are private, you know, (laughs) and private means scary and secretive, you know. And so my understanding has evolved over time. I'm embarrassed to say that it wasn't until college that I realized that 
my period and urine didn't come out of the same hole. <laughs> right. Like, I yeah. know that's really graphic, but I really yeah. had no idea. I thought right. that it did. And I was mesmerized by how tampons worked. Mm-hmm. I was like, how does how does it know which to let out and right. which to keep it? You know? Right, yeah. And so let me things sort like this that. out for you, yeah. 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 So I had a lot of uh, just misunderstandings. And I think having children, for one, changes that because you have to become very aware of your health in a lot of ways, but especially your reproductive health. And so you learn a lot in that way. And then it's also changed in having girls of my own and deciding what kind of ideas do I want them to have about their bodies, learning how to talk to them about their bodies without feeling uncomfortable or Mm -hmm. embarrassed Mm -hmm. was really important to me. And so I'd be interested to hear how you have kind of figured out how to talk to your girls about their bodies. Well, I mean, I'm figuring it out as I go. Mm -hmm. Like my parents didn't talk to me about like the basic functions Mm -hmm. like of sex to begin with. Like our reproductive organs, and, and this would be one thing that is different from what I thought as like a young woman. Only partly have to do with sex. (laughs) Like, that's like one-fourth of the equation. And then just, like, getting your period and taking care of it. Mm -hmm. Like, those were the things that are more forefront, at least kind of in my experience. Whether that be, like, what you kind of learn about in your, you know, biology classes and or what your friends are talking about. Like, it's very much focused around the topic of sex and the function of it. Mm -hmm. And then kind of how your period plays into that and reproduction and how you manage it, that type of thing. But there's so much more Mm -hmm. to it than that and how it, like, affects your moods it affects your weight it affects how other parts of your body's function when things go wrong with it it affects a lot more than your sex drive or your ability to bear children like like it is it is a vital part of our bodies and how Mm -hmm. we function and even our emotions and how we feel and I am learning just more and more about that the older I get and the more my reproductive and hormonal systems mess up or malfunction, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so that kind of was like mind-blowing for me. And and we have in, in my family, unfortunately, a long and extensive history of gyno problems mm-hmm. from severe endometriosis. Most of my female family members have hysterectomies at some point, fibroids, ovarian cancer my mother had ovarian cancer I have a great aunt that had ovarian cancer I have two aunts that have breast cancer I had another great aunt or a cousin that had breast cancer so like Mm -hmm. it's just kind of every which way I turn so for those reasons you know it was kind of talked about more medically in my family really just focused on kind of like the reproductive reproductive aspect of it you know I haven't given birth my mm-hmm. kids joined our family through adoption. You know, I've had fibroids. Mm-hmm. I've had like irregular periods for a long, long time, and how it's all connected to um, my mental and emotional well being mm-hmm. like blows my mind. Yeah. But like, we don't talk about that mm-hmm. very much because it's still sort of filed under private information. So what do you think? Do you think that like these types of things should be less taboo in female circles with our peers and also with our kids? Or do you still think there's some value in filing it 
in the private. I honestly think at this point, as my children grow up, that I feel like it is there's very little value in hiding it away as something that is is private and taboo. Uh-huh. I learned early on when my first child was born that you should always use the correct terms for body parts. And I could not bring myself to teach my child the word vagina. I couldn't do it. Vagina. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember the first time she was little, but she discovered, you know, they discover their belly button. They discover their fingers. They discover, you know, she discovered that she had that. Um, being like, that's your um, pee-pee. Right. You know, and it was it was a weird thing for me to talk to her about. And so at that point, I decided we are going to be open about this because it's not a shameful part of your body. No. And I think that's the problem is that we attribute women's bodies specifically reproductive organs and issues with reproduction as shameful. And so we really need to be able to talk about those things because I fully believe that there is healing and there's freedom in being open and honest about things. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm I'm going to don a, a vagina hat anytime soon, but <laughs> I... Uh, vagina t-shirts for all. Oh, yeah. Or ovaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, with my girls, I teach them the correct term for it. And when they ask questions about it, I answer it. You know, we talk about it. And I still remember the first time that my oldest daughter ran up to my husband and said, vagina, vagina, vagina. And he was like, he was like, oh, oh, okay. Like he just didn't know how to handle yeah. it. But as as we're all growing, mm-hmm. we're realizing that we don't want to attribute shame to any part of our, our children's bodies. Right. And we want to teach them, one, to care for it well and to protect it as something that is valued and not something that's to be like hidden out of shame. Right, yeah. And so I think that we should talk about it with our children. I think we should talk about it with our friends because we're all going through it. And because it's such a difficult thing when you're having problems in that area, talking with friends can be healing, but it can also be like crowdsourcing in a sense, you know, like what have you gone through? How, how have you treated it? What have you done to get better? Because we're all, we're all wondering what in the world is wrong with our bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much convinced now at this stage in my life that there is not a woman alive that at some point in her reproductive journey is not going to have some issue or another. You know, I wonder if sometimes it's like worrying about admitting some of the things that might not be functioning correctly, Mm -hmm. whether that is in your sex life Mm -hmm. or if it is in like your menstrual cycle or uh, you feel crazy in your head or you have weight. I mean, like the list goes on and on. Like there is some worry that maybe you're the only one or maybe there's something wrong with you and everybody else is actually functioning at XYZ level, you know. But when when you kind of start talking about it, everybody knows I had surgery a few months ago and like, oh, what is it? Oh, well, I ended up having fibroids I had to have removed. Mm -hmm. And then I start hearing, oh, my aunt had that. Oh, me too. Mm -hmm. Oh, so-and-so I know had that. And you realize, oh, okay, yes, we are all 
in this same boat together. And we're crowdsourcing, like you said, mm-hmm. but we're it also provides some unity and some relief. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, it's all right. Yeah. Everybody else struggles in, in these ways, too. Mm-hmm. And takes away the stigma. Yeah. You know, keeping things hidden can put us in danger in some ways. You know, the reason I talk to my children about it is because if they were ever to face any kind of abuse, I would want them to be able to talk about it and right. feel open about it. But the other thing is if we're not talking about issues that we're having, we're in danger of not getting the help that we need. Yes. And so absolutely. if we're ashamed that we have periods that are not normal or if right. we're ashamed that our emotions are out of control or that, you know, it hurts when we have sex or things like that, yeah. we're not getting the help that we need. Yes. And so we need to be able to say, not only is this a problem, but I'm not alone in it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and maybe healthy. together we can fix it. Okay, I think I need a break. Let's pause for a minute and hear from one of our sponsors. This episode of Mom Fashions is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource for moms in Texas and throughout the United States. Visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to learn more. Okay, we are back. I am still hanging out with my friend Beth, and we are having a very serious and kind of silly sometimes discussion about vaginas and prolapsed uteruses and gynecologic health. The message that I receive is that the adults in my life didn't want to really like tell me too much about my reproductive organs whether that be in the function of sex or having children or or what it looks like 20 years after you had kids is because they didn't want to like almost like expose me to the reproductive things because they didn't want me to experiment with Mm -hmm. it right so somehow by not telling me about my vagina and not telling me about intercourse and periods and bloating and you know prolapsed uteruses and all that comes with it they were going to like spare me from the temptation because there's mm-hmm. nothing as tempting as a prolapsed uterus <laughs> to get you hot and heavy, right, right for your boyfriend. <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around it now be- mm-hmm. because I I make the joke about a prolapsed uterus. But if I am wanting to teach my daughters to value herself mm-hmm. and thus demand that other people value her as well as she enters into her own sexual reproductive journey, then she kind of needs to know the whole story. She kind of needs to know that actually prolapsed uterus and bladder, those things happen to women, like after they have children, like, Mm -hmm. you know, not to say, oh, don't have sex because you might get a prolapsed uterus. That's not what I mean. But like you, you will know, get like chlamydia yeah. and die. <laughs> yes, the next day. <laughs> um, that like you know, telling the whole story, it just makes a difference, and it and it helps your daughter, in my opinion, be able to own her own decisions. Yeah. You know, and to have like what she needs 
I mean, I have an eight-year-old. We aren't talking about prolapsed uteruses yet, <laughs> but we will. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and we're already, it, it was kind of a shock to me that at eight, I'm getting real close to where we've got to start the discussions about taking care of your body. Her body's about to do some changing, even in the next year. Like, I'm probably going to be one of the moms where she's just like, stop talking <laughs> about it. I got it. I'm done. It's my own personal soapbox. Why do you think it is that we're still scared to talk about it? I think because it's awkward. I think we don't like awkward. We don't like things that we don't fully understand. We live in a time where it's either hyper conservative in that area or hyper open about it and maybe neither seem like the right appealing. Yeah. And so we just kind of hide from it we weren't raised right. to have these discussions yeah, we don't have a frame of reference and for so it. we're having to learn and I think we each have kind of milestones where it's like this is where I realized maybe I do need to talk about this more or maybe I do need to to think about this more or be less afraid of this right yeah. part of me you know and I think even for me one of those milestones happened after having my second child even I had gone to this, this, I call it crunchy, like festival, you know, it was all about natural foods and natural products and things. And I went and there was this woman at a booth. And she was just talking so openly about periods, and talking about the issues and talking about what different products work and don't work. And she was sharing very natural solutions to that. And she was just so open and so honest and so real about it. And I just thought, well, this makes way more sense. Talking about it this way makes way more sense than like hiding, you know, and Mm -hmm. clamming up and being awkward about it because we're all dealing with it. We're all dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And so it just in listening to this one person be so open and knowledgeable about it kind of sent me into like a new stage of understanding my womanhood even. Yeah. And of not being ashamed of it, but being like, this is something that I'm dealing with every month. Yeah. So let's work it out. Let's kind of figure it out. And, uh, and I'm still growing in that. Maybe we don't put enough attention on understanding things below the belt yes yeah about ourselves Mm -hmm. you know just like learning about how your body functions what your body needs I mean I did not know that like you could have your pelvic floor adjusted or that was that that was even important like I didn't even hear that till like a year or two ago Mm -hmm. and that there are actual people who are therapists full-time committed to pelvic floor health yeah I I learned about pelvic floor physical therapy because I had to go do it. We refer to it as vagical therapy <laughs> vagical in my home. Therapy. Yes. There's a name for it. <laughs> vagical therapy. Yes. You'll see it in Webster's soon. <laughs> the more you get into motherhood, it appears to be the less we take care of ourselves. If you hear nothing else, go see your doctor regularly. Do it. Do it for your kiddos. Do it for yourself. Do it for your future. You don't, you don't want a prolapsed uterus, right? Let's prevent that. Like, go see your doctor. Don't be ashamed of it, I think, is the biggest thing that I am still learning. Right. Is just 
don't be ashamed that every month it looks like a murder scene in your bathroom and you're like, what is wrong with me? Find a solution. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. go ask around. Find a solution. Um, if you have super heavy periods, like yes. there are ways to handle that. Your yeah. doctor can help or there are women around you that can help. Yes. You know, like sex should be enjoyable. Can I just say that? Uh-huh, sex should be can. enjoyable. It and so many women hurt. don't enjoy it. It shouldn't hurt. You should be enjoying it. Yeah. And if it's not, have a conversation. This is the world that I want my girls to grow up in where they can talk about these kind of health issues openly and get real honest answers that are not based on fear or Mm -hmm. lies or stereotypes, but that say you have a body that has been designed and perfected and here's how you take care of it. Here's how and why it works. We should be learning to make this a a part of our self-care rhythm. And whether that's just making sure you make your appointments every year, I think they're changing it to three years, which is fantastic. Amazing. Make that a part of your rhythm the same way that, you know, picking up that box of tampons is every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make sure your kids are fed. You got to make sure that this is taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm interested to hear like your thoughts on this because your family grew through adoption and I had a C-section and then two VBACs, which are vaginal birth after cesarean. I think even in that, our relationship with that part of our body is different. Like I remember mm-hmm. walking through uh, before having my first child and thinking like, I'm pretty much just going to be like a blown out firecracker after this. Oh like that gosh. was the visual that I have in my head is that like that's it. Right. It's that done. will cut down on teen pregnancy. That line right oh, there. Oh yeah. Blown oh, yeah. out firecracker. Yes, that will be your vagina, <laughs> ladies. Class dismissed. <laughs> it's terrifying to think of even what uh becoming a mom in childbirth will do to your lady parts right. or whatever you like to refer to them as. And every woman is different. Your mm-hmm. body is going to change. No matter if you have had a vaginal delivery or a cesarean Mm -hmm. or you've never had anyone living in your womb, Mm -hmm. like age, my friends, changes everything, will change things. It is part of life. Don't become your greatest critic because your body is changing as you're going through life. Your boobs are not going to stay in the same place. (laughs) No. It, it no. is. They might not even point in the same direction. Let's be real. There's a lot of freedom in that. <laughs> there is a lot of freedom. The in expectation that. <laughs> is not for them or anything else yes. to stay in its same. same. Yes. Have yes. I mentioned a prolapse uterus before? I think the one thing we haven't covered is what is your favorite name for your vagina? Oh, you're going to be disappointed. Because there are so many. I really do just call mine. By its, we're a medical family, so oh, we're tech, we're technical terms. That's true. But I was kind of thinking about it, like I don't think that we ever went through our daughter's reproductive 
outer reproductive mm-hmm. organs and like named them like you say show me your nose where's your nose <laughs> we didn't yeah. ever go hey show mommy your vagina oh yeah yeah, yeah. um so I think we we have just like talked about it matter of factly as mm-hmm. it would sometimes come up or whatever. But I feel like there there is a difference in the way that like boys understand right. that they have a penis and then girls understand they have a vagina. Like boys walk around kind of proud of it. Right. You know, and and are openly talking about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas girls were like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that's your vagina. Right, yeah. You know, and so while you might not want to include it like in your nursery rhyme, it probably Maybe you do. Maybe you do. I, I don't know. know. It's up to you. Yes, we are sorting through this live here <laughs> on air. Yeah. I mean, and then like the whole notion too. I mean, we're girl moms, so we're only talking from that frame of reference. Mm-hmm. So what if we only had boys? Do we talk to them about gyno health? Yeah. What we go through? I say yes, mm-hmm. but I'm not a boy mom. Like, do yeah. we, sh- you know, I think most every kid goes with you to the bathroom. Anyways, we need to ask some boy moms this. We're going to come back with that. I agree. Boy moms and gyno health. Yes. Comment. Yes. We want to hear. We want to know. We, we don't know. really curious. Do you talk to your boys about gyno health? Yeah. And how? Yeah. And, and development, all that stuff. Yeah. Great. Cool. Okay, Beth, this has been a fantastic talk. Thanks for chatting with me about all of our reproductive health, how we tell our kids about it, and discussing just kind of our own journeys. So until next time, and we promise not to say vagina a lot. Maybe hoo-ha. Happy (laughs) hoo-ha. We will see you next time, friends. As always, visit fortworth.citymomsblog.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And just one more time, in case you didn't hear, it's fortworth.citymomsblog.com. Fort Worth Mom's Blog.